And it is another episode of the With Lime podcast. I am your host, Paulie G. You can find me on Facebook now, Paulie G Sports. Make sure you give a like there. And also on Twitter, at listen to Paulie G, P-A-U-L-I-E-G. After last week's uh, interesting ep- episode on the COVID-19 app, the Safe Tracking app, I have um, got, we're going to go a little bit deeper into this one, and I'd like to introduce Dan Sutik. And he is an expert in the IT field. And he's going to talk a little bit about that. But before he does, I'll let you introduce yourself, Dan, and also the interesting story about your new job, which has been totally started during this lockdown period. Uh, thanks, Paulie. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm going to correct you there. I'm certainly no expert. Um, <laughs> but, um, but look, I've been around the IT industry uh, long enough uh, in, uh, in my marketing capacity uh, to, to know, uh, I think, or two conceptually. But um, yeah, no, thanks for having me on again. And yeah, look, it's definitely been an interesting time uh, for me. I, I started a, a new role at a cybersecurity company as a marketing manager during the lockdown. So yeah, it's been quite interesting. Yeah. And you haven't actually met most of your staff and colleagues, is that right? Yeah, that's true. So um, I, I did have the benefit of meeting the most important person in person, and that's my manager. <laughs> but um, the uh, the other person that I met uh, was a HR manager, office manager in the office uh, in the last round of interviews in, in February. But uh, when, um, when the... Uh, the thing hit the fan, if you will. Um, that's uh, that's when the lockdown happened, and I had one last breakfast with my new manager. And when I officially started on April the sixth, it was uh, all virtual from there. So um, even the team that I'm managing, uh, I've never met them in person. It's just been through Zoom and video. And but look, it could certainly be worse. How have you found it? Sort of, a, a, you know, obviously different. But any sort of takeaways to? to that compared to other jobs you would have walked into over the course of your career? Yeah, I I think the thing that I really used um, just more like a kind of like a guiding compass or star, if you will, Mm -hmm. is that I've worked with numerous colleagues that were classified as remote in the past um, where they may have been in a country town and they could never have actually physically gone into the office frequently. Yeah. So I, I kind of put that mindset in, even though the, the office is, I, I think what six train stops away from where I live. Um, I, I kind of like put that cap on and said, right, there's other people that actually do this um, for like their entire careers. Potentially um, yeah. this is, you know, for us, city folk that are close to the office, uh, it could be temporary, but we just don't know when. So I, I had that hat on. Um, but the good thing is as well, I mean, working from home, um, I needed to find my my rhythm, if you will, yeah. uh, with my, my little one and my wife. Um, it's great that I'm here. Silver linings, I got to see her climb up the stairs for the first time. <laughs> and, you know, all those developmental leaps are uh, things that I wouldn't have yeah. been able to see if I was in the office. But I suppose the good thing is my my setup, uh, where I'm speaking uh, to you now from, uh, is in my spare bedroom and I've got a door and I just shut it. So, you know, if I'm not working, I don't go into this room. There's a bit of a clear boundary. So um, it's good to set those boundaries up. Um, But I actually find it a lot more productive uh, working from home, Um, especially, um, you know, starting in your new role. You're kind of out of sight, out of mind, and you, you know, you want to prove, you know, yeah, you're worth and you're higher. There's a lot to, to take in each day, I guess, and you're able to do that a bit easier when you're not getting quite as many other distractions if it's possible. Is there, I mean, you are in sort of a, a 
cutting-edge industry in IT. Is there any sort of takeaways from this? I know in some of our earlier episodes we talked about maybe some things that we're doing now will be actually taken into life after COVID-19, whenever that might be. Is there anything you've noticed hand, sort of hands-on that you're going to say, well, I'm going to keep implementing that once this is um, over? Yeah, look, I think... Um I think the powers to be at each organisation will take whatever the government hands out in terms of the bare minimum of return to work um, recommendations or enforcements, whichever one they want to use. Um, certainly, I feel as though, um, at least in the IT industry, um, the corporations there will possibly take it to another level uh, in terms of sanitisation, safety, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, working remotely, I, I think... I think what some companies may do is just continue to offer that flexibility down to the individual. Um, as you could appreciate, um, I mean, f- for me, I can't wait to shake someone's hand, but that <laughs> someone has to want to, you know, reciprocate. Yeah. And I, I think we're living in a time now where, you know, I mean, even one of my mates came to visit me today and by reflex, I stuck my hand out and he's like, oh, I'm yeah. not there yet, mate. And I was yeah. like, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The um, shoulder so tap instead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Um, so, so I mean, it's one of those things where I think we, we, we need to be open and accepting of that mindset of others. Um, and just like uh, that, I think organizations will put it down to individuals where, mm-hmm. look, the, this is what we're doing. Uh, as an example, hypothetical, um, you know, each individual has to have two meters gap either side of them in the office at yep, a desk. That's a good idea. Right? Um, there's going to be uh, plenty of um, uh, hand sanitizer pumps around, face masks will be, you know, on offer, um, certain things in the kitchen uh, may be removed to reduce uh, loitering, if you yeah. want to call it that, yeah. um, and meeting rooms will have um, specific numbers of uh, individuals that can be allowed per room, right? Yeah. Um, look, that's all hypotheticals. Those those are things that, you know, I would think would come into consideration for, you know, the real estate or office managers. Um, but if, if individuals are still aren't comfortable with that, I think the, the, the route is to allow individuals to continue to work from home mm-hmm. uh, if, if they're comfortable. And at the end of the day, mate, we're all adults. I mean, output is what counts and is what we're measured on. So if if working from home works for certain individuals and they feel comfortable, uh, especially if they don't necessarily agree with, you know, office arrangements, et cetera, yeah. I, I think, you know, the flexibility is needed. It fits in with the recent sort of surge in things like hot desking and, and whatnot, which companies, I guess, have been putting in for the last number of years that, you know, okay, you can work from home today or you, you're this day. And, and the old A and B teams, I think, is another interesting one where they'll say, we might keep that in. If there was something to happen, then at least half your teams is okay because they weren't in at work that day. Um, all right, we need to. We do need to talk about this COVID app, and Dan, I would love to get. I know Ryan, um, one of our regular um, contributors on with Lime, um, talked about he had the app, but you're on the other side. You don't. You haven't downloaded the app yet, and you've got some reservations. And I really wanted to sort of just flesh some of them out for our listeners. Yeah, sure. So, so look again. I have to preface that I'm certainly not uh, technically inclined. Um, yeah. I'm, what I'll chat about now is uh, very conceptual and look if uh, any one of your future podcasters or even listeners uh, you know say that I've said something incorrectly I'll definitely stand corrected and happy to <laughs> um, 
So look, disclaimer out of the way, yes, I, I haven't downloaded the app myself um, yet. Um, I do have to preface that the app alone, from what I've read and under, uh, understood, mm. is is absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, aside from the fact that it hasn't been, you know, doing what it said um, it, it should be doing in terms <laughs> of yet. collecting information of late. Um, <laughs> but look, privacy-wise, uh, that that that's been obviously a huge um, bugbear for a lot uh, of individuals, uh, for I myself think included. Are concerned, you know, and that's why, yeah. you know, it's interesting to to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. So, so look, I mean, from a from a privacy perspective, if you isolate the app, um, I don't think anyone has anything to uh, you know to, to fear. Um, but I look at it from the I look at it from the level of you know the app, the data that the app collects. I mean, once exposed to another data set, that's where. It's a grey area. So, so what I mean by that is, think of you know the data um, from the app is stored in a room behind a door, yeah. um, and then you have the data that you've put, say, from your MyGov account, right? Yeah. That's in another room behind another door. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong um, in terms of the information that that the tracing app asks you for, but yeah. let's just say. You know, it asks you for your mobile number. It does. That, that, okay, so that's a very key piece of information. Okay, yeah. so I've got these two rooms. Doors are there. If I want to call upon a specific piece of information, and I open the door from the tracing app and go, I'm calling the mobile number. Yeah. I can then uh, write a process to call um, the mobile number that matches the number from the tracing app i can then write a process uh as an output to to make a profile of that individual right right so i'm actually looking at it from a a potential future use or other case scenario use rather than the app in isolation if that makes sense yeah yeah and is this specific i guess to these apps or what about like Facebook or what about other, you know, apps, social, any social media, really, if someone's using that, is it the same thing? Could someone create an app, people download that and they're running it at the same time as they're running the COVID safe app and that's kind of a way to, to target the information or would you have to literally be there in person like we were talking about in the show last week to say that you'd have to be in close proximity to sort of hack into it? Oh, look, um. I'll be honest, that's a little bit out of my depth. Yeah. Um, I, I do work, like I said, in, in, in the realm of, um, you know, plausibility and, and, yeah. and certainly this concept is, is plausible. Um, what, what I can certainly say is, and, and again, happy to, to stand corrected. Mm. Um, if the app is asking for your, your mobile number, mm. it'll definitely ask for a username. And if it asks for a postcode, again, if it doesn't it does, even ask, it does for, a ask postcode, for a postcode. It does? Okay. Yeah. So, again, the, the mobile number in, in my uh, plausible hypothetical mm. uh, is the key there. So, even if you don't provide it, 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 again, in that process, you could call upon it and it'll pull up where, where you are. So, so let's say hypothetically, okay, mm. we uh, rewind a few weeks back um, if the app was launched then and the uh, isolation restrictions were a little bit more uh, strict compared yeah. to now. Yeah. You and I had a digital handshake, and by chance, we weren't meant to be where we were, okay? Yeah. Let's just say we were a little bit out of our 
residential zone. Maybe we were going to Bunnings, right? Or maybe (laughs) (laughs) we were, you know, at a park for too long. I don't know, right? Whatever it is, okay? And we had that Bluetooth handshake unbeknownst to us. Mm. Now, there's fines associated with, you know, Mm. what, what we may have done. And let's just say one of us did test positive and the others was, were notified. Now, we're working in the realm as well of, you know, can an, is an individual actually bothered to do all of this? So I acknowledge that. But again, I'm just talking in plausibility. Yep. So what they could do is, again, use our mobile number. Um, it will then pull out where our postcodes are. And then based on the tracing app, if our location is... Uh, stored in terms of where we shook hands, it can then correlate. Okay, hold on. He's in, you know, uh, you know, two one two six. Why the hell is he all the way in, yeah. uh, you know, twenty forty four? And three right? others did the same thing at the yeah. exact same. Exactly, and and then I mean, obviously, when you know, you know, per certain celebrities, personality, sports stars post things online, whether it's on Facebook, TikTok, it's a little bit easier uh, to, mm-hmm. I, I suppose, uh, find them. But again, it's it, it's plausible. I, I don't know if I've lost you there or your listeners. No, I do apologize if I have. Yeah, and, and I guess that's the big concern, and, and it comes down to that trust that the government's saying, well, it's only going to be stored for 21 days and then deleted. Yep. The police are, un, um, are not going to be able to be, to be provided access to the information collected via their app, which is what they're saying now. But could a law be changed between now and later? And I guess those are the things. And while we're in this crisis, you know, if we download it now and delete it later, it seems like that information will go. It won't stay, you know, on your phone if you deleted the, deleted it. Um, but I guess the concern is is why you've got it, you know, the what what data it's collecting and who's reading it, because it does seem like um, the, it's very it's more than plausible that this can be. You know, the, the data collecting is, is a lot of information. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it is. So, so you look, I mean, that's, that's my stance on it. Like, again, the app, in my subjective opinion, in its isolation is, is, is fine. It, it, it's, again, once an individual that has access to that data pool and uh, a data pool of another source, uh, in my example, say your MyGov, that's when things could get potentially a little bit uh, contentious in terms of, okay, you're using my tracing uh, data uh, in correlation with my MyGov data to determine something else. So, look, I mean, obviously in this time, there there is a need for a certain level of control. Um, I think our government's doing a great job on that. Um, but then the question is, uh, you know, will how much of that control will be relinquished and um yeah that's that's my thoughts on it it's it's just fantastic i just just think that it is something that it's just hard to really gain um a decision on without sort of getting the knowledge first and dan i'm so appreciative that you're able to come on today that's right um just enlighten all all our listeners in regards to some of the possibilities and then also, I guess, where it lies because you are saying yourself the app itself seems to be pretty safe. It's more what could be done with that data. What we already know is being collected, which is sort of the bit where I think each individual has to make up their own mind of what they want to give up and what they want to keep for themselves. Yeah, exactly. Dan, I really, really appreciate it. Um, And we have run out of time, so I'll let you go now. And, of course, all our listeners will be back again later in the week with another With Lime podcast. I am your host, Paulie G. You can find me on Facebook 
Paulie G Sports it is, some more sport hopefully coming back soon. And also on Twitter at listen to Paulie G P A U L I E G. And Dan, I hope you get to see your um, colleagues and other employees very, very soon. As do I. Thanks, man. <laughs>